What is going on people? Yes, yes, yes It is episode 29 of Echoes from the Void We're back for another week And we are coming with it You know what I mean? It's been crazy times The London Film Festival is now over I am still tired as hell But I'm trying to do my thing We're going to come with another flavour filled podcast So um, yeah, buckle up and enjoy the ride people Because um, yeah, we've got news We've got some fun things to talk about So um, yeah, let's get into some of these weird stories happening around the world So I, I think I've come across one of the stupidest stories ever. Um, so it happened in Belgium. A group of, um, I think it's teenagers, tried to rob an e-cigarette store. So this group of numbnuts... Walked into the shop during the day and harassed the owner. Uh, and the owner convinced them that he didn't have much money, but if they'd come back later in the day, he'd be able to give them more. And they bought it, which is in. Saying so, um, supposedly that whole thing lasted about 14 minutes when they first came in. Um, the shop owner said there was some pushing and shoving, I didn't give them a thing, but said if they came back later, I would have two or three thousand euros for them, and um. Yeah, they Yeah, they bought that He he said he called the police And the police didn't think they would come back uh, And he says that He saw them Start to come into the shop at 5.30 And he said I've, It's not the end of the day yet Come back in an hour So they did so then they come back at 6.30, the police are in the back of the shop, and arrest them, right, what kind of moron would do that, it just seems insane, it's just like the dumbest thing in the world, like if you're gonna rob somewhere, you rob it You don't let the guy say Hey come back I'll give you more money Obviously as soon as you walk out He's going to be on the phone But these idiots are so greedy They think Oh, oh yeah let's go uh, And we could be on You know in the market For some extra cash Now they're going to get Shawshanked in jail. But, you know, serves them right, really. God 
damn it, man. Well, in some hilarious news, it looks like um, wireless festivals days at um, Finsbury Park may be coming to a close. It's so weird, like, you know, with these festivals, they're huge. And so you think there's always going to be some complaints. I, I can't imagine any festival taking place without some complaints about noise and, and all of that. But you have to consider, like, the amount of people who are there, you have to look at the number of complaints. So, you know, does it balance out, really? Like, is this over the amount we'd expect for having this many people in this one location for two, three days, you know? So you have to think about these things. Uh, so this year, the F- Wireless Festival had around 37,000 people attend. And they had 67... So, uh, a, Supposedly 67 complaints About noise, antisocial behaviour Drug dealing and litter And you think 67 isn't that bad Considering And then you have to look at the complaints Because you'd be like If some people are going Oh, there's not Well, there's going to be noise It's a festival what, what are you really expecting? So you have to look at the veracity of those complaints Which we can't do So who's to know what's going on? But, um So Haringey Council Was looking at the licence situation And so they de- they decided To let Live Nation Continue with the festival But Under certain conditions And some of these are um, Request that performers do not sing or play Any vulgar, obscene or banned songs Or carry out indecent acts Or make any vulgar gestures Actions or remarks during the performance And that performers do not Offend the general public, e.g., attire which exposed the groin, private parts, buttocks, or female breasts. And now the festival will be finishing at 9:30 instead of 10 o'clock on the Sunday. And you have to kind of think like there's going to be more complaints next year because out of all those stipulations a lot of that shit's going to get broken straight away you know like people not to swear like that's just not going to happen you think the amount of artists who will be there over the 3 days there's going to be some swearing it's just there's no getting around it You can't have all those people And no one Not swear It's just going to happen And then you just think the, the swear words in the songs Themselves So like Every song is now It will have to be 
edited in some sort of way Like you're going to have artists that are just going to say Well fuck performing there Like if I'm going to have to edit my whole friggin set Like what's the point Yeah, If you want music with no swearing or vulgarity like get some Christian acts or something. It is is it's just yeah, it's just not gonna work. But you think about uh, like country music, they talk about sex and stuff. Like so most music will like there's gonna be people in the genre who do reference sex and like emotions and things like that. So there's no way that this festival <laughs> is gonna make it through next year without anything crazy happening. And then when it's talking about indecent acts, vulgar gestures, like what are you gonna call an indecent act? Because there are certain things that no one call, no one will call it, but one person will go, that offended me. You know, so what are you, you know, what's your criteria for these things? It's just, yeah, I I, I just, you just, I just kind of feel they may as well have just said, listen, either you're done or say, look, we'll, we'll give you one more year. So you're able to find a new home, but come 2020, you, you'll you need to be in a different place. Like next year, 2019 is your last year at our location. That, they might as well have said that because that's basically what will happen now. Yeah, this is, I do not see the wireless festival being at Fimji Park come 2020. Because at least a few of these crazy stipulations are going to get broken. Probably just on day one. Day one, shit's going to get broken. And I'd imagine not that far into the festival itself. It's not going to get to the last song of the, of the uh, you know, of the day. And then, ah, shit, we fucked up. You know, it, like. Yeah, you're going to have shit be happening midday of the first day. So, yeah, it, it's it's just a weird situation, man. It's a weird situation. So in between films on Sunday, I, I went to um, a live reading at the uh, Queen Elizabeth Hall on the South Bank. Uh, it was part of um, the London Literary uh, Festival. And it was um, a live reading of The Odyssey, which is one of my favourite um, stories. Yeah, I just... Uh, it's that and the Trojan War. Love those stories to death, and and I've I've che- I've heard so many different versions, you know, and they're they're all great. Just really enjoy them. So this was an abridged version, obviously, <laughs> and it was um, using the translation from Emily Wilson, 
so it was um, a, a cast of actors directed by Cedarin Fox, um, and they included Mayanna Burring, Elliot Cowan, Mariana Jean Baptiste, Joseph Marcel, Luke Newberry, Ray Pamphakiki, Danny Sapani. Nina, Susanna, and Bellamy Young. Uh, And along with that, there was musical composition by Jonathan Sachs, um, directed by Ewan Campbell, and featuring Patrick Dawkins on violin, Valerie Wellbanks on viello, Danny Kozwaltus on Woodwind, Olivia Jagars on Harp, and Pedro Sengando on Percussion. And it was such a great time. It was really fun um, and really good. Just the way like the, the, the story flowed with the music and the drums beating. And yeah, it was it's, it was fantastic it was a fantastic event and also you know the elizabeth hall is such a great venue and it really kind of magnifies the sound and it just resonates off the walls and ah you get such a great vibe it was it was nice to see as well there was a lot of families in attendance you know um which is always good because these are great stories man these are great stories so yeah kids should be checking this shit out because it's so fun and it's so so much more engaging than a lot of stuff that is out there today so yeah it was you know it was a great i will say though i was so friggin tired God damn it, I, w- I was tired as hell, so I, I was kind of, I blacked out a few, a, few, a few moments, so yeah, I wasn't able to enjoy it as much as I would have liked, you know, uh, I, 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 I think it's one of those things, man, I wasn't expecting the film festival to be as crazy and exhausting as it was, so going to this in between on hindsight it probably wasn't the wisest thing to do but fuck man you're you like you're never gonna you you don't really know yeah you don't really understand how you're gonna be feeling so yeah it was just one of those things you know but like if this i hope that the south bank does more of these events you know, they they should do the Trojan War. That would be fantastic. That would be great. That would be another great one. And if they did the Odyssey again, I'd definitely go. But, um, yeah, it was fun. Um, if you see an event like this, I fully recommend you go checking it out. Um, but, yeah, what can be better than this? I will say there is um, the Crick Crack Club do do storytelling events kind of similar um, but this did take it to another level, you know, there's a crick crack will have a little kind of, um, you know, drum beating and that kind of thing, but this had like the full kind of, you know, 
percussion orchestra there so it it really did lift the story to that next level but yeah it you know it was fun um but yeah it would have been funner if i was yeah a little bit more with it <laughs> but i have to say last night um well um let's say monday night was amazing um i went to see uh dave Chappelle and john stewart with my boy mo at the royal albert hall and it's great man it's like i think it was towards the end of last year dave Chappelle came over and trying to get tickets for that was insane like a load of places were doing like some shadyish deals you know what I mean? So it all got a bit in, it all got nuts. And some of the money that was being asked for tickets, it was like, oosh, nah, I, yeah, I can't do that shit. So when this came around, I was like on that phone straight away, managed to get tickets, great seats. Um, yeah. So finally got to see Chappelle live, and it wasn't a disappointment. Like, this was ridiculous because you had great support as well. Because, I mean, sometimes you go see people and, like, it's just one... And it's just them. And they, they did their set and then they're out. And and if the tickets are cheap, it's it's all right. But, look, if you're paying a certain amount of money, you it can't just be an hour. An hour is just bullshit, you know. You you need a decent night, and and this delivered, you know. It was it was a similar to seeing Chris Rock at the um beginning uh beginning of the year. So it was great. Like um, it started off with um Moamar. Uh, I caught a bit of his Netflix Netflix special. And um, he seems like a funny dude. Now, so, you know, I wasn't quite sure what to expect, but I was hoping. And, yeah, he delivered. He delivered. Some of his stuff, you know, you can say it was stereotypical, but he did add a new slant onto some of those jokes. So it was all good. Michelle Wolf was up. And she's funny, man. She is funny. I forgot how high pitch her voice is, though. God damn it! You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I was, I, I, it completely just slipped my mind. So then she comes on and you just hear, her, and it's like, oh shit! But yeah, no, Misha Wolf is funny, and she brought out Jimmy Carr, so that was good. At the beginning, I did wonder. Because Jimmy starts doing a lot of Trump jokes. I'm like, yo, what's what's going down, Jimmy? We're in the UK. I don't give a fuck about Trump. You feel me? You know? And it's low-hanging fruit, so let's not do that. But he then turned it around and killed it with the rest of his set. So that was good. Um, then there was a break. And then um, come back from the break and Kojo stepped up 
Which, um, yeah, surprise, that was cool Haven't seen Kojo for a time And I think the last time I saw him I bumped into him in the friggin' bagel shop Um, you know, everyone knows the bagel shop After a night out in London, you know what I mean? So yeah, Kojo He he said it was funny It was weird though It did seem like you'd come in halfway through And then he was just like, wait, what, what have I missed? What's going on, huh, huh? But it was funny so it was all good. It was all good. Um, then John Stewart and John was funny. Like I think, though, you could tell the difference between John and some of the other comedians, though. Like you know, what I mean, I think a lot of like it's hard to kind of describe. Because it had a different feel to it from a comedian that's going out doing regular sets. But it was still good. It was still funny. He told fun stories and stuff. But yeah, you could. there was a different kind of feel to his set. But still solid, you know. And then the night finished with Chappelle. And god damn it. Chappelle is so funny So damn funny uh, So just in stitches man Just in straight up stitches All the way through And it was great And the funny thing was like, So Chappelle finished Then everyone starts getting up And dusting out But then John comes out And him and Chappelle Just Kill it for a bit longer So they're just like You know what I mean Just telling a few little stories and jokes And then they do a and a So um, Moamar is like roaming around with a mic Asking questions It was so weird because Everyone he, he went to ask, a qu- to ask a question None of them were fucking English You know what I mean It was just like Hey I'm from America I, I'm from It's like Well what the fuck is going on here And seriously People I'm putting this out here Because it's frustrating the fuck out of me man If You go to a Q&A Right If you do get the microphone Firstly No statements no one wants to hear uh, uh, I just want to say um, You know, I first listened to you In 1998 And it was it transformed my life um, Then in 2003 This happened to me And blah, blah, blah. no one gives a fuck no, no one else knows you We don't care We don't want your life history We don't want to, you know, see all the ways You're going to try and arse lick the person up on stage Shut the fuck up Ask a question and then be done Right? That's all we want from a Q&A people But um Yeah Like A lot of the questions were shit People seriously Don't seem to know how to ask A decent question But it was alright You know the guys on stage made it funny and, um, you know, Misha Wolf came out and then Jimmy Carr came out and fielded some questions too. So it was just a straight up fun night. It had 
so much laughs, man. Like, there was some, uh, like, some people, man, when you're laughing and shit, like, and people turn around and look at you and give you that weird stink eye. It's a bit like, it's a comedy gig. What the fuck are you expecting? You think I'm going to sit here and not laugh? Like, you're tired ourself? No, that's not what's happening. Uh, there's some weird dudes next to us. And they were just talking. They were just, they wouldn't shut up. They just kept on talking and talking. And this is like, uh, you know, Mo, my boy Mo, he was like, yo, can you, um, can you, like, not talk? And he was just like, oh, were we talking? I was like, motherfuckers, you don't even know if you were talking. What's wrong with you? But I, I will say, I do think they were fucked out of their heads. Because those motherfuckers kept on getting up. They were getting up and going up and down, up and down all the time. So I think they were going in a bathroom, having a little happy time with some powder. Because they weren't drunk. I say that. They definitely were not drunk. So, poof. I think they were sniffing something. But yeah, they were. They did shut up. When they were told to shut up, they did shut up. But then, you know, they had to be reminded a few times throughout the evening. So, yeah. But it was a fun night. Ended on a, a crazy-ass note, though. It was like, so, a little bit down from these crazy dudes next to us were these cute girls. And this one girl, oh, my day, she was fire. Just fire, and she kept on getting up, and so you know, little I was striking up a little conversation every time she was going past and shit. So we were having a little talk, and so when we were leaving, um, yeah, so I was talking, so we were talking. I'm like, yo, so so what are you doing? Ba ba bum, and so we're talking. You know, I'm finding out what they're doing, like. You know, she was from America, she was over on holiday, and I was like, mm, is it worth, and I thought, ah, you know, maybe we could go grab a coffee, continue a conversation, so, um, yeah, so we're just chatting, and then <laughs> we we go outside, so, so first, we're, we're, talk, we're talking about American football, and we're going outside, because there was the NFL game in London on Sunday, so we're talking about that, then we're outside, and then this big ass dude so fucking big like came over and he's standing next to her and i'm like i couldn't really because it's dark outside man i've just come from the light into the dark so yeah that's always a problem but you know so i couldn't really see anything i got the distinct feeling though that he was staring at me and he wasn't happy that I was talking to this chick. So I'm thinking, I think that is her dude. So yeah, so we're <laughs> so we're talking. And I think the girl I think she realized what might go down. So she was very cool and helped out the conversation a lot. And like we managed to extricate things, so no one left with hurt feelings. So it was all good, but it was just like. And then I think they walked round the corner, and I said to Mo, I was like, "Yo, I think that was he, her dude." He's like, "Yep, yeah. yeah, it was. Yep, 
he is he's making his claim for her right now. So it was just like, ah oh, shit, right, let's go. <laughs> and then it was bouncing out. But oh god damn it man. You know what I mean? You 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 try you try and you fall flat on your face, but fuck it. You know. Nothing serious happened. It was like, you know, yeah, it wasn't too crazy. Like, there was no arguments or anything. So, you know, it could have got worse. And, um, hey, it could have gone that she didn't have a dude and we'd be meeting up for a coffee. So, you know, sometimes you have to take these little leaps of faith, even if you might fall flat on your face. 90% of the time (laughs) Oh dear Hey so Tonight I went down to um, HelloFresh HQ For a community event uh, Which was So much Fun man So I think the idea is to um yeah basically set up a kind of community of like people to talk about menus and recipes and stuff like that so um we, what what happened was it was like a supper club and we tried some different things that would be coming up um potentially in the um in the menus like Leading up to Christmas and January, so yeah, we so we tried different things, and yeah, we ju- we just talked to um everyone there about our like experience with HelloFresh, like how we found the service, like um yeah, just basically any issues, any things that we all the things that we liked, things that we might like to see in the future and and stuff like that which was um yeah it was really interesting you know especially like hearing other people's perspectives um you, you know what other people are thinking and then just kind of hearing like the history behind it all you know like how how it basically came to london you know like the the issues in the beginning, the setting it up, boom, 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 yeah, just all of that, you know, it was really, it, it was fun, it was fun, especially trying the food, oh my god, the food was so good, so damn good, oh, you know, you just wish you could eat like that every day, <laughs> and I have to give them mad props, because, you know what I mean, they, they made sure that, they adapted like my food so there was no tomato in it you know what i mean so that was good and and it still tasted damn fine so yo they, they was, i need to find out about their pepper jam because the pepper jam oh god damn it that was to die for man Oh, and like so they paired the wines up really well as well to go with the food and the dessert wine. Woo that was crazy good. Crazy good. But it was fun, man. Like especially putting a face to the people 
that you you speak to a lot, you know, on customer service, on social media. So it was good talking to like Miles, like Sonnet, Juliet, Lizzie. You know, I spoke with the CEO Claire, like Fred, like every all the all the people's there, man. It was just it shame John wasn't about. But um, I know he tried to show his head, but we were all busy and stuff, so another time. But yeah, you know, the, their offices are crazy. Like, kit, big kitchen, big garden, the library is sick. The library is sick, man. But um, yeah, you know, I, I, I think... I think this is a good, an interesting thing to be involved in. So, um... Yeah, I'm looking forward to um, how it all progresses and everything. But, you know, it gives you a, a different insight into um, into the service. You know, because it's like, look, the thing, like, I, I talk about HelloFresh a lot. But that's because I've, I enjoy the food. The food is crazy good. It's like this week, um, I had tandoori broccoli steaks. Which, god damn it, they're good, man And it's just really simple to make as well You know, just like, yeah, just chop up that broccoli Marinate it Like, you're meant to use creme fraiche But I used a coconut yogurt Um, Yeah, so you just add the um, tandoori masala spice mix to the yogurt um, Along with some turmeric And then you just I think, oh yeah, some garlic in with that Then you just coat the broccoli in that Put it in the oven Bosh And that's essentially it Cook up some rice And there you go, man Then I did some stuffed peppers So it's just some some sweet corn Some rice Mix that all together With some shallots Add some cheese, then you just basically put that in some peppers. So cut the pepper in half, stuff all that in the pepper, then put um, some mozzarella on top, a little more cheddar cheese in the oven, bish, bang, bosh, another tasty ass meal. You know what I mean? It's just like, yo, how can you? How can you knock that? You know, it's straight up flavour, man. And then the final dish of the week was Venet- um, Venetanian style veggie pasta, which, whew, another tasty dish, but really simple. Just really simple, you know what I mean? Cut up some aubergine, roast that in the oven, boil some pasta. Add some asparagus for the last few minutes of the pasta. Cook up some onion. Add some uh, creme fraiche. Of course, I added coconut yogurt. Like, mix that all together. You know what I mean? Put in some walnuts, parsley. Then add your pasta, asparagus, the aubergine. Mix it all together. Boom. Another tasty ass meal. So, you mean like the meals themselves are good, but.
But then when you add on to all of that, the customer service, the detail into everything that goes down, you know what I mean? It's just like people complain about the packaging. They fix the packaging. So every aspect of it is is good. So, of course, I'm going to promote that because, hey, it's a quality service and... I know a lot of people have issues, you know, you come home from work late, you want something quick to eat, so what do you do, you know what I mean, it's like, look, people don't want to go, have to go to the shops on a Sunday, or a Saturday even, because it's crazy busy, you know, you've only got the weekend to chill and do everything you need, so why waste it in the shops, right, or... You have difficulty with portion control because I know that was my thing. You know, it's like, look, I'm trying to cook. I think, look, I'm cooking for one, but I end up with just a load of stuff in the freezer because, you know, the portions are insane. I just, like, it's so difficult, like, paring everything down for enough for one person. Like, so yeah, that's an issue Other people just don't know what to cook You know what I mean, they're like, oh, I'll do a jack of potato Um, oh, I don't know, let's have toast Um, what else could I have? Um, maybe some mac and cheese I don't know, I don't know So, like, a service like this Like, solves all those problems Because you're getting the box delivered to your house on a day that's suitable for you, you have free res- free meals delivered. Like now, though, you can get five. You can get a box with five different meals in it. How good is that? I'm telling you now, the portions are huge. So for me, I get a regular box with three meals. Out of each meal, I get two main meals and a lunch, so that holds me down all week, man, you know what I mean, so, yeah, if, if you want to know what to, how to improve your, your cooking experience, I would say rock hello fresh, you could call me bias, but I just call myself sensible as hell, you know what I mean, so, yo, Check out my Instagram if you want to know how good this shit looks. Trust me. It's the way to go, people. So this week's film, I went a little different. And um, I, I, I tried out this new horror film called Escape Room. Yeah. It's the, um, it's the new film from director Will Wernick. It's written by Noah Dorsey, um, and yeah, it's starring Evan Williams, Annabelle Stevenson, Elizabeth Hauer, Dan J. Johnson, Jean Irandi, Kelly uh, Delson, and Iris Avery. Uh, the breakdown of this is um, to celebrate his 30th birthday, Tyler and his friends try out the latest in harmless fun, 
locking themselves in an exclusive escape room loaded with ominous clues. With their time ticking away, the group notices that the mysterious puzzles are becoming increasingly difficult and increasingly deadly as the room claims its victims one by one the surviving friends must play to escape with their lives <clears throat> uh you know i i would say that i think you know the breakdown gives a bit too much away but i guess with a film like this you kind of figure it out from the get go you know where this is going um but i i i'd say look it's 89 minutes and it's not a bad little horror film i i would say that um from the beginning it kind of sets it sets the tone you know we, we get this one scene at the very beginning and there's there's no kind of rhyme or reason behind it. You're just greeted with this one thing, and then it cuts to our friends having um, a birthday dinner, and I, I you know you get a weird vibe from the table. It does seem like a lot of people in a room pretending to be friends. And as the uh, as the proceedings go on, you kind of get the gist of why that vibe is possibly there. Uh, but everything is a little bit odd, you know. Like they they they're acting like oh escape rooms. No one knows what an escape room is. Like by this time, everyone knows. Everyone's heard of an escape room, even if you haven't done it. So there's that. But then it's like, oh, yeah, I got this exclusive deal. And, and, and it's like, there's no website or whatever. And it's just like, they just sent me this thing. And so no one's going to themselves. Um, Kind of red flags, right? <laughs> there's kind of red flags here. Then when they're driving there, they have to get rid of everything they own, like, Phones, credit cards, and you can think, okay, I can understand my phone, but why my ID? What's up with that? And so there seems to be all these weird kind of red flags, but no one's picking them up. And all they're doing is arguing. They're arguing all the way through. And no one seems to be taking any real notice of, well, we've got a time limit here. Shouldn't we be... And it's like, I think probably an hour, like halfway through, and then the film really takes it up another gear. And when it takes it up another gear, it really does. It's just like, whoa. Well, that, I guess I wasn't expecting that, right? Um, Yeah. And yeah, it starts getting weird. Starts getting weird. Starts getting creepy. Um, I think it, it kind of yeah owns the um, the horror markings. Like I, I'd say we have seen films similar to this, but I, this film does handle 
the twists, the turns, the jumps well. And it and it takes the viewer on a kind of trip. And you're kind of expecting certain twists. But you're not, maybe you're not getting those, but you're getting other twists. So it's keeping you dangling along, keeping you on the hook to um, thinking to yourself, well, do, do I want, like, where do I want this to go? Who am I rooting for? Like, what is actually going to be the outcome? You know, oh, I think this person behind it. No, but, but, but. And so you're just thinking this all the way through. And things start getting grislier and grislier and grislier. So, I, you know, I think it might not be the best horror out there. But it's definitely a decent watch. You know, definitely a decent watch. I would say, if you were a fan of, like, Saw, um, probably the Hostel films, and even, like, the Cube, the original Cube film, if you're a fan of these, I think you would you, you will um, enjoy this. You may not look at Escape Room's the same ever again <laughs> there is that there's definitely that but um yeah no it, it, it's not a bad little little film uh it's from the movie partnership it's 15 so yeah rated 15 and it is on release from the 29th of october so you know video on demand all of that stuff, you'll be able to get it in the typical places, iTunes, Amazon, Google, Sony, Microsoft, any of those stores, you'll be able to get this film, and yeah, it's like $7.99 standard definition, $9.99 HD, and I'd say yes, well, it's probably definitely worth a little check if you're into this type of film. Yeah, so that's um, Escape Room from uh, 29th of October. Check it out if you are into a horror kind of, yeah, horror kind of movie. This week, when I'm looking for books to read, I, d- I decided to um, go with an, a, a Nick Hornby book um, because... The film version is due out, I think, kind of soon. I think it's either towards the end of the year or maybe the beginning of the next year. But um, I so I read Juliet Naked. Yeah, it's um, it came out a few years ago by Hornby, and um, so the breakdown of the book is Annie and Duncan are a mid thirties couple who have reached a fork in the road, realising their shared interest in the reclusive musician Tucker Crow, in Duncan's case an obsession as well as an academic career, is not enough to hold them together anymore. When Annie hates Tucker's new release, a terrible demo of his most famous album, it's the last straw, Duncan cheats on her and she promptly chucks him. 
via an internet discussion forum and his harsh opinion reaches Tucker himself, who couldn't agree more. He and Annie start an unlikely correspondence that teaches them both something about moving on from years of wasted time. I remember reading this in 2009 and really enjoying it. I think because it had uh, some of those kind of key notes as it were from like high fidelity you know i i remember at the time still thinking it wasn't as good as high fidelity but it reminded me of that so i i enjoyed it for that you know and i think i really enjoyed it more than a long way down um but reading it now is a lot different i think you know, when you've been, like, being in, over that period of time, you know, you're in more relationships, you go through different stuff, so I think it then makes you look at certain things differently, and the thing about this book, I, it's, like, the characters are written in a weird way, I feel, because love is talked about, I think, when it's more lust and that's never really picked up upon by the characters themselves you know it's never kind of like oh you know what I wasn't really in love with that person I lusted for them because I wanted to be out of this situation um no you know that was never kind of touched upon so then that gave me a different kind of feel for the book than I originally had like the writing is good because it's Hornby and you know Hornby knows how to write a book and a good tale too but I think some of the predicaments people find themselves in it starts to get a bit Hmm, that's convenient, oh, and that happens, and yeah, I'm not sure that would happen, and you know, you start to think like that, which um, I think is a shame, because it. I don't think it would have taken much for this to be a bit tighter, as I said, look, if the characters had a different narrative on love and lust that definitely would have given the book a different edge because I think the main thing about this book really is just not settling you know not settling and coasting through relationships you know like we meet people and just because, you know, you think you have something, if then after a time you realise, look, I misread the situation, you know, we don't actually connect that well, we had a moment, but that's it, you know, instead of then going, meh, but, you know, if I if I change, if I get rid of this person, you know, if I try and move on, then it's going to take this amount of time and oh, blah, 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 blah. You know, 
If you think like that, then it's a detriment to yourself and to the other person, you know, and you will get it down the line. And if you if you do leave it too late, maybe you will find it difficult to then make a change, you know, to move on from that situation. And and that's the thing. So it's about really, um, look, once you realise that a situation is untenable, once you realise a relationship has, um, you know, travelled its path, you have to do what's right. You have to make a change. And that, you know, might be painful. It, it, you know, it probably will be painful. But what would be worse? You know, sticking in something that's dead is, you know, you could say that's necrophilia because you are just in a dead relationship. And that's not a good thing. So I think that's what this book really is about. You know, having the wherewithal and courage to make a change, to step out into the unknown. You know, yeah, it's going to be tough, but hey, at least you won't be in a situation that is draining you of your of your soul, you know, so yeah, I think that's what the message of this book is, essentially, you know, um, but it's okay, you know, it, it definitely isn't classic Hornby, but it's, you know, as I said, look, I felt it was better than a long way down, um, but it's nowhere near a high fidelity. Even like Slam um, and uh, the football one, which the name just has escaped me. The one about Arsenal. Yeah. Like they're better books and I enjoyed them more. But, you know, I'd say, look, if you saw this on offer, hey, it's worth a read. And especially, you know, before the film comes out, check it out, you know. But yeah, so that is Juliet Naked by Nick Hornby. So I decided to um, hit another book this week and I went for um, The Big Four, which is the fifth book in Agatha Christie's Hercule Poirot series. Which, um, yeah, I love Hercule Poirot. Something I used to read when I was a little kid. Um, used to go to the library all the time. And the only, real, the only books they had really in large print were Agatha Christie's. So I did all of Miss Marple. I did all of Hercule Poirot. Yeah, it was great. Hello, mon ami. 
<laughs> yeah, so love those books. Then it's you know watching the David Suchet um, series, which was fantastic. So you know, in my in between certain books, I like to um, jump into Hercule Poirot or Miss Marple, just as a little palate cleanser, you know. Um, so yeah, this is um, book five. The breakdown of this is Framed in the doorway of Poro's bedroom Stood an uninvited guest Coated from head to foot in dust The man's gaunt face stared for a moment Then he swayed and fell Who was he? Was he suffering from shock or just exhaustion? Above all, what was the significance of the figure four scribbled over and over again on a sheet of paper? Poro finds himself plunged into a world of international intrigue, risking his life to uncover the truth about number four. Bum, bum, bum. Um... Yeah, this was this was a little different. I felt from um, a lot of the upper Poro books that I've read. Um, it, it's very international in scope, which yeah, definitely seems different from a lot of the books. It's um, there's a lot of different twists as well. A lot of different twists in this one Which, um, yes, again, seemed very different Uh, And it's an interesting story Like, you know, there's more than one um, protagonist You know, he's dealing with, like, as it says, like, the big four There's, There's these four people who are plotting and uh, Poro and um, Hastings have to try and um, put a stop to it all. Uh, yeah, so, you know, I, I don't remember a book where there is four people he's ever gone up against. Which, yeah, it just makes it that extra level of interest, really. Um, but it is an interesting book. It's very, it's fun. They, that, that's, I mean, that's the main thing about these books They are very fun You know, with Poro is, You just think In today's age Like, can Poro work? But, yeah, you read the books And it's just like, yeah, fuck it These work, man These, these are You know, he's this pretentious A little Egomaniac <laughs> Is it really But he's got good ground You know he's a he's a kick ass Detective so Obviously If he's a bit Big headed he, he does Back it up uh, And so yeah you just see him Using his uh, Mental Fortitude His little grey cells to um, solve another case So I would say that If you enjoy Agatha Christie's work If you're a fan of Ukiporu I would say That this is a book For you So um, mon ami Check out The Big Four 
you will not be disappointed. Eh. Finally got back on the comic tip. And um, so this week I read The Mighty Four, Volume 3, um, The Asgard Shi'ar War by Jason Aaron and art by Steve Epting. Um, yes, so, as the War of the Realms rages on, the only way to defeat Malachith is with a united front, and it's up to four to bring the many races together. Now heroes from across the ten worlds, including Lady Sith and Angela, unite under four's command to form a new League of Realms, with the sole mission of bringing the this conflict to an end and their first mission is to infiltrate dark elf occupied territory but when the war spreads to every branch of the world tree the league's road to peace is fraught with challenges they hadn't anticipated to stand against their heroic allies malachi forms a wicked union of his own calling on loki and the all-new curse to take down four and her band of heroes. Uh, and this covers Mighty Four 13 to 19. Um like it's it's okay, but I think the story seems to be a bit up and down. Like you know you're you're dealing with this war of the realms and yeah this group is formed but i think it's like the group the way the group is written it they want to have some jokes in there aaron's tried to make it a bit humorous but it's i just kind of felt look not everything has to be humorous you know, like, and especially in a situation like this, I kind of feel there's not going to be people making jokes or being petty. You know, it just seemed a bit misplaced, that whole, like, part of the story. And then it seemed that, uh, like, they were kind of fooled a bit too easily. Because you have all these people with all this power and you're a bit like, well, how could they miss this or that? And what? how is that happening? I don't really get that. Um, so, yeah, there was a bit kind of issues with a lot of this stuff. Um, and then all of a sudden... You have the Shia war. And it was a bit like, wait, what? How are you bringing that into it after that? And you haven't even brought this to a conclusion. So it, it seemed a bit weird and forced to then have this other situation involved. And you don't really get the rhyme or reason for it. You kind of get the reason the, a bit for it. But still, it all seemed very forced. It seemed a very 
false situation, which then I think because the build-up wasn't quite right, the interest in it wasn't really there. So, yeah, it was a bit like, "Mm, I don't know if I care. And then on top of all of this, you have, um, you know, you've got Odin's brother, Cull, the the serpent, um, trying to oust Jane Foster, which, again, is a bit like, Really, I don't, I don't see this happening within the context of everything else going down. Like, there's too much going on, and too much of it seems forced. So, you've got all this weirdness, and it doesn't quite, it's not mixing that well. And then on top of Every single thing You've got the hammer Mjolnir You know, I think that's how you pronounce it You've got the hammer doing all this crazy stuff That we've never seen before And it's a bit like Well, why the fuck Is the hammer doing all of this Now, when it's never done it before Like, so you're just thinking, wait, I don't, what is this, what's, what's going on here, really, what is going on here, I don't really think I'm sold on Jane Foster being four, like, it seemed very forced, and, you know, we're, we're, we're 19 issues down, and, it's still, like, there still doesn't seem like a real legitimate reason why she's for, you know? So I think that's a big issue with this. But, you know, with the ending of this, it is kind of setting it up for maybe some interesting times ahead so um when uh, you know i'll hit volume four and see you know what um what aaron might be cooking up you know hopefully you know things will get a bit more cohesive and interesting but um yeah i don't know you can only hope i guess um So, yeah, we will see. Okay, so I think that's it for another week. We're going to draw to a close. But, um, you know, before we go out, let's, um, let's touch on some final film and entertainment news, right? So, last week we talked about Netflix cancelling Iron Fist. This week, it looks like they have cancelled Luke Cage. Um, now, a lot of people are up in arms. I think Luke Cage was a better series than Iron Fist. I mean, they both got two seasons. But, 
cancelling Luke Cage does make sense. Because now, both these series have ended, it will allow Disney to create a Heroes for Hire series on the new um on their new streaming platform that launches next year. So that's the thing, people. It's like, you know what I mean? It's you you cancel Iron Fist, but if you cancel Cage, you get Heroes for Hire. So that would still have everyone involved. You'd have Iron Fist, Luke, Misty, Cullen. You know what I mean? Like you're, you, you would still have everyone, and it gives Disney a top Marvel name brand for their launch. So look, it makes sense, frankly, if you ask me. So. I think it's it's a case of let's wait and see what happens next year, but I I definitely imagine that something like that will happen, and also, you know, these characters will show up in the in like the other shows. So if Jessica Jones and Daredevil continue, and the likelihood is that Daredevil definitely will continue on Netflix. You know, Cage and Fist will show up. And there's the Punisher as well, remember. So we've still got Daredevil, um, Jones and Punisher. So, look, you can have these characters show up in those shows. But... Disney, they're starting their own streaming platform. They want content. We, we've already got um, Mandolin or whatever this new Star Wars thing is. But of course, they'll want um, Marvel content. So, yeah. Heroes for Hire, people. If that doesn't happen, I will be very, very shocked. But, um, <clears throat> so we have that. Other big news is um, that uh, the, the, who is it? The people behind Deadpool, um, Rhett Reese and Paul Wernick, they, um, yeah, they, they wrote Deadpool, Life and Zombieland. Word is that they're in early talks with Disney to reboot Pirates of the Caribbean, which could be interesting. Look, I didn't particularly like Deadpool, but I did really like Zombieland. So, you know, this has got potential. Like, for me, the first Pirates was decent. The rest... Yeah, not for me. Definitely not for me. So, I mean, do we want a reboot now? I, I mean, potentially you you would hope there would be a few years gap because we we had Dead Men Tell No Tales last year. I think the problem is it grossed. <clears throat> Uh, around seven 
194 million worldwide. So that's a lot of money. There's nothing to scoff at. So you you would want that franchise to continue. So I don't think there is going to be a, a chance to just let the franchise life fallow for a few years. So yeah, I reckon we'll probably get another reboot. Because essentially we had a reboot. With um, the third film I think the third film was meant to be a reboot Or maybe the fourth film But um, Yes You know I think having new writers on board Having new director on board That could be something But supposedly Brockheimer will be a producer On the new take which, you know, I think if, if you want a new start, you just have to get rid of every, all the old people. But, you know, we'll see what happens on this front. You know, it could be interesting. Let us wait and see. <clears throat> okay, so word is Apple. You know, they've been talking for a while about having their own streaming service. Um, word is it's going to be launching early 2019 and Apple is saying that they're just going to have a global launch so like with all the products it's just going to you know I mean become available pretty much everywhere within a course of a few weeks and it makes sense because You know, they can't just launch in America, then a year later launch in Europe, then a year later launch in Oceania. You you can't do that because they're already behind in the game. You know, like Netflix, Amazon, they've already got their services out there. And other people have got services out there. So they can't hold back because we've seen what happened with the um with their i don't know what you would call it what smart speakers you know because their smart speaker was meant to have come out a year a year before it did and so delaying it all that time just helped entrench amazon's um echo as the go-to smart speaker so they you know i think they realize they can't do that again with their streaming service so yeah word is early 2019 they're gonna hit it up in uh, at least 100 countries so i don't know if they'll wait for february because february is usually a time for um you know, an Apple event, so they could wait for the the Apple event in February, and then launch a service, but I don't know, who knows, all we know, it's going to come out early 2019, so we have that, Um, then there is, this is really interesting, Richard Linklater, the guy behind Boyhood, um, the before trilogy which are three of my favorite films people if you haven't seen them before sunset before sunrise before midnight go watch those films but richard link later has signed on to um direct 
a um, biopic about Bill Hicks. So, god damn it, that'll be interesting because Bill Hicks was a funny motherfucker. And he died at 32. 32. That's crazy, you know. And I, I, and the thing with Bill Hicks, he wasn't really... Um, like, with certain people, you know what I mean, they were kind of done. They were kind of done when they went, even if it was an early age. I don't feel Bill Hicks was just done. I think he still had life in him. So, um, yeah, it would have been interesting to know what his career would have... Um, where it would have gone if he if he hadn't have succumbed to cancer. So, uh, yeah, Lynn Clayton is going to be doing a biopic about his life. Uh, it's from Focus Features. So I'm looking forward to this. You know, um, it should be interesting. And especially in Linklater's hands. So, yeah, that will be cool. And then finally, <clears throat> um, John Krankowski, who... Uh, directed a, the great A Quiet Place which came out um, earlier this year he is um, he's going to be writing a sequel to it like I think word was initially that he only intended to do the one film you know what I mean just so like a one and done with his wife Emily Blunt but he had an idea for a sequel. He wasn't sure what to do, but the studio hadn't like found a pitch that they loved. I think word came out about his idea. Um, so they were like, yo, run with that. So he fleshed it out a bit more. And now he's decided to, um, yeah, write the sequel. So I think that's really interesting. Because the first film was great. So, yeah, I'm, I'm curious to know what his idea is to, um, you know, spin that story forward. But, yeah, we will hopefully find out very soon. Okay, people, well, that's it with the uh, entertainment news. And that's it for another episode of Echoes from the Void. So, I will be seeing you again next week. So, hey, have fun. Keep it fresh. Keep it funky. And have good adventures, people. I will see you next week. Peace.